Faithfulness doesn't just happen. We're not just going to be faithful. And I have found out in my own life that the only way that I could be truly faithful is for the faithful one to take over my inside world, and that comes through my time with him. At Pure Life, we help men get free from life-dominating habits of sin. But what are the disciplines that make all the difference between a man walking in victory or falling into sin repeatedly? Welcome to episode two in our current series, The Church Addicted, in which we're asking the question, how did we get this way? How is it that when it comes to sexual sin in the lives of Christians, today's evangelical church is no different than the world around them? Last week, we examined the factor of incomplete conversions. This week, we look at the all-important but oft-neglected disciplines that bring faithfulness and growth in the Christian life. I'm your host, Nate Dancer. This is Purity for Life. Pure Life Ministries, we've been helping Christian men find freedom from sexual sin for over 30 years. And our experience has convinced us of this one thing. The most valuable discipline of the Christian's life is daily time in prayer and in God's Word. In this opening segment from our archives, Mike Johnston talks with our former Director of Counseling about why walking in the Spirit is essential for overcoming sin and how spiritual disciplines help make that happen. Brad, we want to talk today about walking in the Spirit. And this is a great subject because there's a verse in Galatians that tells us that if we will do this, there's a tremendous promise for us. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, in uh, Galatians 5.16, Paul says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And for someone who is spiritually bankrupt because of sin, sexual sin per se, if they would just grab a hold of that verse alone, yes, it can start them in the right direction. Because a person in any bondage to any sin, they're obviously not walking in the spirit. They're pleasing their flesh, and so they don't have freedom. Yeah. But if you learn how to walk in the spirit, you won't be fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and you'll have freedom in your life. Yeah, amen. Well, we certainly have seen that promise true in our own lives, and we see it becoming true to the men that come into our living program and, and others that we right. know. Uh, well, let's parse this verse out just a little bit for those who may not be familiar with it. When it says to walk in the Spirit, what do we really mean by walk? Is this just kind of an ethereal thing we're talking about? What do we mean when we say walk? Walk, in this sense, kind of describes a, a certain way a person lives their life, mm-hmm. their lifestyle. If you have a lifestyle of walking in the Spirit, you're not going to be in bondage to any anything. But if you have a lifestyle habitually giving over to your flesh, consumed with yourself, then you're going to be in all sorts of bondage and your flesh is going to rule in your life. 
So it's really a practical thing. I mean, there is a right. spiritual component to it, but it's practically uh, the choices that I make every day, the attitudes daily. I'm having every exactly. day, all of those things that we see in our lives. So it's good that this is practical because that means that we have a way to evaluate it. Right. So how do I know as a believer if I'm walking in the flesh or if I'm walking in the spirit? Let's talk about the flesh first. What would be the evidence that I'm walking in the flesh? Well, evidence that you're walking in the flesh we can start out with your self-focus, Everything is about you. You spend most of your time taking mm. rather than giving. And, of course, this is just our default. The mm-hmm. default is just to please self and to focus on self and really have little or no regard for God or for other people. Yeah, that's important that you say that. I know a fellow said to me years ago, and I wish I'd learned it when he said it, but <laughs> it's real to me now. He said that walking in the flesh is kind of like flying a plane. Uh, if we're on autopilot, we are walking in the flesh. That's right. just where we slide to. We have to purpose to take the controls of our life to walk in the Spirit. Right. It does take a conscious effort to do that. You can't just throw up your hands and just say, oh, I would love to walk in the Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to choose to do that. And when you choose to walk in the Spirit and think of others, not be focused on yourself, the Holy Spirit empowers you to do it when you're willing. It's like the, the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to comply. Yeah. Well, Brad, you described walking in the flesh kind of in a general sense. So Paul talks about the fruit of the flesh. Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, in Galatians 5, in the same spot, it says that the deeds of the flesh, the fruit of the flesh, are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and other similar things. I think Paul pretty much hit... (laughs) Pretty much uh, nailed most of them, didn't he? (laughs) And of course, the list could go on. I think you really nailed it when you said, it's the self-life. You look at all of those, and if I'm walking in any of those, Mm -hmm. it's obvious who I'm thinking about. Right. You're looking out for number one. There's no way possible that you can be walking in the Spirit, because the Spirit is focused on God's glory and on others. Yeah. Well, he also talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's talk about those again, if we can evaluate our lives, if we want to know if we're walking in the flesh or the Spirit. Scripture gives us some pretty specific things we can use to evaluate. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the person who's walking in the Spirit, their life is dominated and controlled and guided by the Holy Spirit. Well, that sounds much better. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's much better for everyone. (laughs) Well, you kind of hinted at something just a minute ago uh, that I think we have to learn as Christians. There are some practical things in our life that we can do to walk in the Spirit. And I know this was a question for me for many years. I heard this verse, walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But it took many years before someone ever really explained to me, how do I do that? How do I, as a Christian, walk in the Spirit? Now, let's talk about some of the things that we can do, really, that are necessary to do if we are going to walk out that kind of life. Okay. I want to first say that we need to ask ourselves a few questions to start Mm -hmm. off with, just to see where we are. And questions like, am I really devoted to the lives of others Mm -hmm. as I am to myself? Do I have the patience to endure difficult people and trying circumstances without losing the sense of God's presence? How kind am I to those who cross my will? Mm -hmm. Am I truly living in subjection to the Holy Spirit every day? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're honest with ourselves, we fall short. Yeah. 
And if we see that, that's good. Yes. That's good because then we can go to the Lord and repent and acknowledge those things. Like, Lord, you said if I walk in the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But, Lord, I spend a lot of my time walking in the flesh Mm -hmm. and self. And, God, I repent. I need you to help me to walk in the Spirit. I want that, Lord. I want to express your image. I want to glorify you. And I want to be a blessing to other people. And so it starts with acknowledging your sin and repenting of it. And then asking the Lord to empower you to walk in his spirit. Having done that, there are two things a believer needs to do in this journey and this desire, this pursuit to walk in the spirit, to have a prayer life. Mm. And the other one is spending time in the word. Prayer life is so important because it's an opportunity for you to pour your heart out before the Lord. It's an opportunity for you to pray that you'll be conformed to the image of Jesus and to pray for other people. And spending time in prayer, praying for others, will help cut out the deeds of the flesh. Uh, Getting out of that self-life. Getting out of the self-life, it'll help you praying for other people. It's impossible to be in the flesh if you're praying earnestly for other people. Mm -hmm. I've just learned that in my own life. If I have a difficult time with someone, if I'll just humble myself and pray for them, things begin to change. Well, really, that person may not change, but I change. And usually it's us that needs to change anyway. (laughs) Really, for sure. Uh, Someone said to me years ago, no one else is ever your problem. Right. (laughs) My problem's always me. (laughs) Right. Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you can't see that. That's right. The Lord helps you. (laughs) Especially in prayer. Yeah. He helps us in prayer. He opens our eyes in prayer. Yeah, he does. And, um, you know, we look at the men in the living program and those who graduate the program, those who struggle. After they leave the most, inevitably, I think you found this is true, are those who do not maintain their regular prayer time. Yeah, it's so key. And it's like if someone contacts me and they're having struggles, it's like on the tip of my tongue. How is your prayer life? Yeah. And then I eventually ask them and you get the usual, well, <laughs> you know, I've been working a lot of hours and I, I know I need to get back on track. And right. I just encourage them. Start back with 15 minutes at least. Yeah, something. (laughs) Yeah. Something. And, you know, uh, I mean, we shouldn't mince words here, Brad. If someone is professing to be a follower of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and they don't have a regular prayer life, something's wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. And once again, if someone's hearing this and they're feeling convicted, just repent. Like, Lord— Start praying. I need, to, I need to pray. It's here as a command to pray without ceasing and to yes. seek his face daily. And just to remind folks, you know what we're talking about, there's a promise with that. Part of walking in the Spirit is spending time in prayer. And if we'll spend time in prayer, that goes a long way towards not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Right. And of course, our hope is that that is the desire of the listener, yes, is not sure. to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes, for sure. If you just want to fulfill the lust of the flesh and you don't care, well, and we've got a bigger issue. Yeah. We've got a bigger problem. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. So developing a prayer life, how important is the amount of time that you pray or when you pray? I put it to you this way. We should give the Lord the first fruit mm-hmm. of all our increase. And each new day is, is an increase yeah. you know, that God gives us. And we should spend you know, at least an hour a day. Jesus would go away for at least an hour himself. And mm-hmm. we see in the Word and would pray. And spending a wholesome hour in prayer— And a consistent time where you're meeting the Lord every day is key because what you're communicating to the Lord and to your flesh is that you mean business and that your relationship with the Lord means everything to you. Yes. And I think the Lord delights more than we do when we come to him to pray and to seek his face. He's waiting for us Yes. to communicate and commune with him. Yeah, I think so. And we don't want to be legalistic about this, but I don't know that there's a better time to pray than in the morning. I mean, I just know me. 
You know, once I'm up and out of the house, then my mind just is filled with all kinds of things I got to do today. Right. And and you really said it. If the Lord is the most important thing in my life, then why not start the day out with him? Right. And and really you think, why in the world would I not want to do that? If I'm depending on the Lord, if I need the Lord, if I'm in sight of that need, right. it's really pretty foolish to go out into the day without having spent that time with him. Right. I'll say this, find a lot of times in my own life and in the lives of those that I counsel that um, if you miss your morning prayer time, your day just seems like it's different. It's a lot harder. <laughs> seems like a lot harder, you know, but the Lord gives you grace if something comes up and you yeah. don't spend time. But one element with praying early in the morning when you get up is if you do it early enough, it's before it's busy and phone calls and, you know, for those who are married, your kids or your spouse is <laughs> needing something from you. But if you get up early, it's quiet and you can really spend that time mm. with the Lord. Before I get in the flesh. Right. Right? I mean, the very thing we're trying not to walk in. Right. You know, I mean, the reality is, is as the day goes by, our tendency can be that we become more fleshly as the day goes on. Right. You know, just because of the draw of the world, the influence of the world on so, uh, and I have to battle against that. Right. So I really need the Lord right. <laughs> going into that day. Well, there's another area, Brad, that we want to talk about that is an absolute necessity for walking in the Spirit. Well, that's spending time in the Word. And Steve Gallagher has shared with us many times that you need to approach the Word with a hungry heart mm. and a humble spirit. Yes. Uh, if you go to the Word, you shouldn't be going so that you can pull out references of scriptures that will support your doctrinal belief or mm. your argument that you're having with someone or you're mm. trying to come up with a scripture that will take care of your spouse or something like that. Right. We need to go to the Word just to soak it up and just say, Holy Spirit, just illumine me. Just yeah. help me to see what you're communicating. Yeah. It's a passage of scripture, a verse in Psalm 119 that I love, verse 18. It says, open my eyes to behold wonderful things from your law. Mm. And I pray that a lot of times when I open the Bible, Lord, open my eyes. I can read something, Lord, but what do you want me to see? What do you want yes. to speak to me today, Lord? And it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from God. And so the word of God is our daily food for our spirit, for our soul. Yeah, I might just add to that, Brad, that I know there can be a tendency to go into the word of God just to gain knowledge. Right. And knowledge of the Word of God isn't a bad thing, but what we're really seeking is a knowledge of Him. Again, it's like God. prayer. We're seeking to know the Lord. Right. Because the transformation that takes place in us, the strength that we gain in our daily walk is in coming to know Him and spending right. time with Him. One of the things that we hear at Pure Life and that we say at Pure Life is that any time we go into the Word, we ought to be seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Before I came to Pure Life Ministries, when I would read the Word, many times I felt, because I knew I was so rotten, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would read passages of Scripture and see God's judgments in the Old Testament and some passages in the New Testament that are kind of scary, Yeah, and I would just be consumed by them, just sometimes in despair that mm -hmm. there's probably no hope for me because I'm so rotten. And the enemy, of course, is yeah. right there helping right there. that thought yeah. along. He wants, to, he wants you to see something different. But when I came to Pure Life Ministries and the emphasis on the mercy of God, that's being God's will, his yes. desire. And as I began to embrace that, when I would open my Bible, I began to see the mercy of God throughout the word, that he, he really desires mercy. He's constantly pleading and asking people to turn and to repent. Yes. And one thing a person will find if they humble themselves and they go to the word that way, they see a merciful God drawing them. 
desiring to have them, desiring the best for them, Mm -hmm. not to bring wrath and damnation upon them. And so that's what I really appreciate when I read the word. Lord, convict me. There's something in my life I need to see, but I know you love me because your, your will is mercy. Yeah. When I pick up my Bible, it's not like this scary thing. It's right. like it's I know it's going to speak to me, good or bad, in the sense of if I'm bad, it's going to deal with my issues, <laughs> right. but good in the sense that it, it encourages and consoles and draws me right to Jesus. Right. Yeah, the Word points out how blind and naked I am, and then Jesus says, ah, but I give sight to the blind, right. and I clothe the naked. Mercy. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so we do need to see our condition, yeah. but we also need to see that he is, as you said, he is mercy, and he provides for the need. Well, there's one more aspect of the word, Brad, that we want to talk about, and that is that it's not just enough to be reading the word. Right. James says it very clearly. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but also be a doer of the word. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so key. Many of the men and women that we minister to uh, have heard the word. Mm-hmm. I know before I came to Pure Life Ministries, I heard the word since I was a child, but I didn't do very mm-hmm. much of the word yeah. um, from the heart. And that's what's so key. If you're not committed to practically walking out the word of God, endeavoring to see, Lord, how can I live this out? You look at the the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, and if you just read through that, you see there are a lot of things you should do and should not do. And any person who's serious about following Jesus can't just be a hearer of the Word. They have to be living it out. Someone should be able to stand back and observe them, so to speak, and see he's a Christian. He knows Jesus because he's living out the Word of God. Yes. Amen. Well, Brad, uh, for those who maybe this concept of walking in the Spirit is new to them and what we've shared with them sounds like a hard thing, well, if you haven't been walking in it, it can be hard. It takes time to grow into a sincere and consistent prayer life. It takes time to grow into spending quality time in the Word of God. Uh, But that's okay. God is patient with us. And our encouragement to them would be just jump in and get started. Yeah, to get started. I mean, you you take someone who has been in a spiritual rut for years and years and years. It's going to take time to get yourself out of that rut. But like you said, you got to start somewhere. And the Lord is faithful. If you just do a little bit, he'll help to increase that. I know men who come to the living program, we usually start them out praying Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes and reading their Bible for 15 minutes. And over the course of their stay, six to nine months, most of them are up to 30 minutes to an hour in prayer and maybe a half an hour reading their word, and which is really good. They want to spend time yeah. with God. They want to pray for others. They want to read their Bible. But it takes time. Praying for an hour when you first <laughs> come to your life, at least, it's you're painful. like, man, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah. But over time, you know, we're creatures of habit. And uh, as you practice a behavior over time, you get good at it. Yeah. So if you practice 15 minutes and then increase over time, in no time you'll be praying for an hour. And right. man, the time goes by really fast. Right. And it becomes a very sweet time to very, where very sweet time. over time you just, man, if you miss it, it's like, wow. I really missed it, and I know I missed it. I feel like I missed it, and you can't wait to get back right. to that time. Well, Brad, I hope that'll be an encouragement to those who are seeking not to fulfill the lust of the flesh as they begin to walk in the Spirit, and that they will remember that that's God's promise. Amen. If we will walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's right. Amen. Brad Purgis, thanks so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Pure Life Ministries co-founder Kathy Gallagher understands how difficult it can be to establish a daily quiet time. 
but she also knows how vitally important it is for the health of our spiritual lives. In this segment, Kathy Gallagher shares her heart with Jim Lewis about how this discipline made all the difference in her relationship with the Savior. Joined in the studio today by Kathy Gallagher, co-founder of Pure Life Ministries, who for many years was director of counseling for our wives program, and who also has dealt with women struggling with sexual sin in their own lives. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's good to be here. Our subject today is the vital importance of establishing and maintaining a dedicated time of prayer and Bible reading or Bible study for growing in the Christian life. Now, it'll come as no surprise to you that every major survey conducted among evangelical Christians shows that these Christians understand the importance of daily prayer and time in God's Word, and yet most struggle in maintaining a consistent devotional life. In other words, they know it, but don't do it. Kathy, you've been a biblical counselor to wives for many years at Pure Life. In your experience, do most women have a consistent devotional life before they come to you for counseling? No, I would say most don't. <laughs> um, yeah, they, it's a struggle for people. It, it, the survey says that most know that they should, but don't. And that, yeah, that has been my experience. I think that people know they should be spending time with the Lord, but can't either find the time or the energy or the motivation to do it. I know when I was a young woman and I needed help, desperately needed help, my last resort was to turn to the Lord. And I think a lot of women are in the same boat. I think a lot of them struggle with just setting aside time and feeling like they they, they want to feel like they're doing something. And praying, to be honest, for most people, doesn't feel like you're doing anything. And that's the, that's the negative view that people have of prayer. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything, especially for a wife whose husband is in desperate straits. Um, she wants to, we, I won't say she, we want to control. And the prayer closet doesn't seem like a place where you have a lot of control. What you're saying is people who are struggling, people who are in trouble, want to fix the problem. But they don't think first of turning to God for the solution. I didn't. And I, I use my own experience as kind of a gauge um, because my, my first impulse was not to run to Jesus. It was I was in major damage control trying to fix things, fix me, fix him, fix the situation. And I would, I would throw up a prayer, but I didn't understand the value and the importance of my life with God in prayer and, and in his word. Yeah, I would, I'd pick up the Bible occasionally and I'd, I'd skim through it looking for some hope, the silver bullet, so to speak, but never ever thought in terms of, I need to have a real connection with God to get through this. And I think a lot of women are in that place, especially after the the opening volley, if you will, of sexual sin has hit them. Um, some women will run to Jesus. 
they've they've learned they know somehow they they know that that's the thing to do i would say most don't how is this lack of a consistent devotional life a detriment to people's faithfulness to god and their growth as a christian i don't know how you can be faithful to someone that you're not in a relationship with and our relationship with jesus is directly tied to our time with him in prayer and in his word. I mean, we're, we are in a relationship getting to know our Savior, our Creator, our God. And um, faithfulness doesn't just happen. We're not just going to be faithful. Um, that is something that is not part of the fallen nature to be faithful to Creator God. And I have found out in my own life that the only way that I could be truly faithful is for the faithful one to take over my inside world, and that comes through my time with him. So you're not going to grow as a Christian. I mean, you know, th these things are kind of, they're sort of subjective because, um, I, again, when I refer back to my own time when I got saved, God carried me. I mean, that is all I can say. He picked me up and he carried me. And... I was so in love with Jesus, and Jesus was in love with me, and that, that carried me. But there came a time when God was requiring me to start walking. I, was, I had been crawling, and he was carrying me, and now he wanted me to walk. And that walking process was my time in the Word and my prayer life, and it, it, was, it became like... The whole foundation of my life as growing as a Christian, there was no growth when I wasn't connected to God. I wasn't. I could have, I I could say all I wanted to say. I could think all I wanted to think. I could listen to the sermons. I could all that stuff and think that somehow that I was in what I was hearing. But the reality was, I was not growing in grace. I wasn't growing in faith. I wasn't growing in faithfulness, and I was not um, maturing as a believer until I got my time with God consistent. So you would say, and I appreciate your personal testimony, in your life before you had a regular time with God and afterwards, that that, that alone made a big difference in your Christian life. Yep. It made all the difference in my Christian life, and especially in light of the fact that I was dealing with a, a horrible devastation because of my husband's sexual sin. But I wasn't walking with, I mean, I can say it all day long. People, you can say you're walking with the Lord, and I guess judicially that may be true, that because you've been born again and you can say you're walking with the Lord, but truly walking with him and growing in grace and maturing as a believer will not come unless you are established in his word and in a a prayer life. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about ritual. I am talking about relationship and how vital it is to have that connection with God. And more, it's more important than any other relationship that we have. It was for me. It was, it was game changing for me. Um, before I had my life with God, before I had my prayer time with the Lord, I was all over the place, man. All I, I had to just depend on me. I had to come up with my own solutions. I had to I had to figure things out for myself. I was just like 
um, all over the map, emotionally, spiritually. I couldn't get my feet on the ground. I struggled constantly with just a myriad of issues. But when the Lord made it real to me, what I needed to do, it's like all these fragments of my life that were just like buckshot, just scattered all over the place, started to get pulled in and stability and structure came into my life and a path for my feet was put under me. And I got strength. I got courage. I got some bravery put into me. I, I got faith. I got love. I got, I got what I needed from the Lord in that time with him every day. And it just, you don't see it at first. I didn't see it at first. I was doing it mostly out of obedience because when it was spoken to me that that's what I needed to do, I said, yes, I will do that. But the Lord just came to me powerfully in the early days of my time with him. It was rich, still is so rich and so meaningful. And yeah, it's been my rock. He has been my rock. Thank you so much for that powerful testimony. But let's talk about obstacles. (laughs) What obstacles have you had to overcome to start and then maintain uh, your quiet time with God? Okay. Real life, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had myriad obstacles to overcome because of my temperament and my age at the time. I was very young. I was 20 years old, 21 years old, I think. I just don't do well getting up early. I am not an early riser. Um, I had a job I had to get to. I had a career that I was pursuing. I had just a lot of personality things, like I don't like sitting still. I've never liked sitting still. I've got to be moving all the time and very undisciplined. That that was probably the biggest thing, just, just no discipline in my life. So I had to make up my mind that I was going to sit down in a specific place at a specific time every day and do this. And it was hard. You know, I'm not kidding. It was very difficult because I was tired. Um, I was getting up at, well, I started to get up at 4 a.m. because I had to get to work and my drive to work was an hour long and getting ready took an hour. So I, it took me quite a while in the morning. So I started getting up at four o'clock. That was the first huge hurdle. The second huge hurdle was trying to find the right spot. Um, because I wanted my Bible with me and I needed space to roam. So I had to figure that out. And then just knowing how to pray. How do you pray? What do you say to the Lord? I could get my prayer time, prayer time done in five minutes. I mean, that <laughs> I didn't have a lot going on. So I had to develop my prayer life. And that was, that was hard. And you just, you feel like you're wasting your time. I felt like it was wasting my time. But I was faithful. I kept doing it because I knew it was the right thing to do. And then the Lord really began coming to me and helping me. And so maintaining my prayer life, it just became so second nature to me. I could not imagine not having a prayer time every day. That, that's what happened. And I would say within the, the first year, 
it became that solid that I could not imagine not having my time with the Lord. It just, it was like unthinkable to me. It became very, very sacred to me. You had to find a particular place. You had to make and keep regular appointments with God. You had to pick a time. You needed to have your Bible with you. Uh, how did you really develop your prayer life? I sat down and started talking to God. <laughs> I, um, I just found the spot. I found the time, and I would read the Word of God. This is the practical thing. This is what I would do first. I would just read the Word of God, and I would just sort of pray it back to Him. Um, I was like, I would... I was reading it, but I was praying what I was reading. Then kind of what was happening to me was things that stood out to me in scriptures. In the scriptures, I started to write those things down. And yeah, so I, I ended up journaling, <laughs> which was completely unintentional. I didn't, I didn't have a spiritual leader in my life. This was all coming to me from the Lord himself. No one, I wasn't in a situation where I had a spiritual leader. So God was teaching me. And so one of the things that really helped me to get my prayer life established and to stick with it and that worked for me was to start writing my prayers. And I did that. I still do that. I have got almost 40 years of boxes full of prayer books. So that was big for me. That was a very big thing to help me maintain my prayer life because it kept me on track. It kept me focused. It kept me glued into, you know, it just kept me on track. It was really, really good for me to do that. I pray walk a lot. That became something I did later in my life because I'm a mover. I have to keep moving. You can't write and walk at the same time. So I do one or the other or a combination of both. I just really, for me, that's what works. For my husband, he's a prey walker. That man walks miles every day in his prayer time. For me, it's a combination of both of those things. So it works. For our listeners, men and women, who see their need to implement this important discipline in their lives, how does one start? Where do you begin? I think where you begin is you have to get yourself in the frame of mind that you understand the value of your walk with God. You have to understand the value of nurturing that relationship, how vitally important it is. And I would definitely recommend anybody who's listening, men or women, get into the scriptures and do a word study on prayer. Go and find references, what scriptures are in the New Testament about praying, what Jesus says about prayer, what it means to pray. If you ask anything in my name, according to the will of God, I will do it. Those kinds of scriptures that you get those things embedded in your heart really motivate you because you know, this is what I know, and I say this to God every day in my prayer time before I start to actually engage. Lord, I know that you hear me when I pray to you. And I thank you, Father, that I can come in confidence before the throne of grace. And I know that you're listening to me, Lord. And I know that the answer's coming. It may not come in five minutes. It may not come in 10 minutes. It may not come in 10 weeks. It may not come in a year, but I know you hear me. And it's that confidence in God 
that he's listening, that is the game changer and will give people, yeah, the confidence that you need to go to him and know that he's listening to you and to be patient. Be patient. Prayer requires patience and faithfulness and trust. Thank you so much for this great conversation today. Thank you, Jim. It's been a blessing. I'd like to close today by reminding you of something that Kathy Gallagher said. The Christian faith is not a religion. It is a relationship. Relationships are built not on performing rituals and keeping rules, but on regular communication. We talk to God in prayer, and we listen to him speak through his words. These are the disciplines that build and maintain a strong spiritual life with the Lord. If her testimony was an encouragement to you, we recently posted a four-part video interview on our YouTube page. In this interview, Kathy shares her full story. From the bright hopes she had at the beginning of marriage, to the terrible revelation of her husband's addiction to pornography, from the miraculous way that the Lord restored their marriage to the raising up of Pure Life Ministries, from the ashes of one couple's marriage to the healing and restoration of countless men and women. It's a story that you don't want to miss. Just go to the Pure Life Ministries channel on YouTube and look for the Sacred Things series. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.